Um, so uh, before I start here, I just want to mention two things. Number, number one, uh, Hannah Heath was in our praise team today, 11 years old. So way to go, Hannah. That was, uh, that was wonderful. She'll be back up here at the end of the service. Uh, second thing, just the Hydloff family. Uh, Kate uh, is still uh, with Ellie. Uh, they are adopting Ellie. They have legally adopted Ellie uh, from Liberia. And um, I, I, unless there's an update that I don't know about, they are, they are still in Liberia. And we are, we are waiting for uh, some government movement there. And so continue to pray for the Hydloff family, pray for Jeff and the other two kids as they're uh, getting all the stuff to get the school year started and, and all the complexities that they're, uh, that they're facing as a family. So please, please continue to pray for the Hydloff family and for little Ellie that she finally, finally gets home. Uh, so we, we've done these a couple times this year already. Uh, about um, last fall, last November, uh, we spent a little bit of time as a church kind of clarifying uh, some of the distinctions about who, who we are uh, as, as, a, as a church family, who we're trying to be uh, as, as a church family. And, um, you know, sometimes you, you do those kinds of series and you talk about mission and vision and strategy and values and whatever. And then you like, you never talk about them again. And it's like, it's just kind of like a series that you did and then it's, it disappears. Um, and, and so one of the ideas was that over the course of this year, to actually have value Sundays and to just take a Sunday every once in a while, ideally it's once a quarter, and, and try to explore one of our values, we have four values, and, and to do that from the voices of people in our congregation. And so to say, hey, man, there's this, this, this body of, 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 of believers that have gathered together and are trying to do life together, and, and one of the reasons why these are values is because you put them on display, because you live them out. And so over the course of this year, that's what we've tried to do, is have, have these little moments where we could pause, look at that value, and then invite someone or multiple people from our church family to, to speak to that. And, uh, and so today is the third of those value Sundays, and uh, it's going to be uh, focused on the subject of curiosity. So uh, I'm just going to take a couple minutes here to introduce it, um, and we're going to go through some, some what we've referred to sometimes as Sojourn's building blocks. And this is a little bit of a summary of that series this past November. And so if you were thinking about what, is, what makes us who we are as a church, uh, these go in order of importance. So we're starting off with the most important thing, and that is the, the gospel itself, uh, the, the good news about what God has done. And one of our objectives is to represent this every single week. Uh, a definition, <clears throat> there's a lot of ways to describe the gospel, but one of the definitions that we have found helpful is this, through the person and work of Jesus Christ, God fully accomplishes salvation for us rescuing us from judgment for sin into fellowship with him, and then restores the creation in which we can enjoy our new life together with him forever. And the message of the Bible is this. If you believe that, if you have believed that, then that means that you've been scooped up into the arms of God. If you believe that Jesus will do that, you've been scooped up into the arms of God. You've been adopted into the Father's family. You've been, you've been made alive. You've been given a new identity. And so this gospel news that has something to say about everything, it literally changes everything, changes you, changes me, and it gives us a new identity. Uh, and that's who we are. And so we talk about our identity, uh, kind of thinking about it from five aspects. It's all the same identity, but looking at it from these various angles of what the Bible tells us we are. And the Bible tells us that we are worshipers, uh, that this, this God of heaven is uh, the one who deserves all of our praise. Uh, we are witnesses that something has happened to us. We've, we've actually experienced, we've, we've witnessed something. And then Jesus says, I want you to be my witnesses to the world. Go, go, go tell the world what you've experienced. 
Uh, we're family, and we are, you know, we are not designed to do life by ourselves. Uh, we're servants. We actually believe that we have this, this ultimate perfect king, and that he offers to us the good life. And as we look at our opportunities in front of us to serve him and to serve others is actually uh, the, the, a beautiful life. And then we're stewards. Uh, God has put in our hands a lot of resources, uh, financial resources, friendships. He's put this earth, this material world in, in front of us and in our hands. And he calls us to be a good steward uh, of those gifts that he's given us. Next uh, would be our values, how we behave. Uh, and we have four of these. And, and as I said, these are getting less important. Um, you know, these values, um, they're, they're kind of important to us as a church. Uh, the first two, man, a lot of churches in Traverse City preach the gospel and believe the gospel and love the gospel, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, a lot of churches in Traverse City would affirm this re recognition that Jesus gives us a new identity. Uh, if you look at our values, you might say, like, they're kind of the secret sauce about sojourn itself. What, what makes sojourn, sojourn? Like, what, what makes it unique? And, and the four values that we've identified our wholeness, um, this idea of, you know, we love, we've, we've grown to love the word shalom, which is sometimes thought of as just the word peace. Uh, but the Hebrew idea of shalom is so much bigger and so much richer and so much deeper than just maybe our shallow understanding of peace. Biblical shalom is every single thing working right. Every system, every relationship, human's relationship with God, human's relationship with each other, human's relationship with the earth, every single system working right, it all working right. And so we know that in our power, we can't bring that kind of a world to bear, not by ourselves, but we get to play a part in little spots here and there. And when, when, a, hungry, when a person's hungry and we give them food, like we're, we're bringing a sense of wholeness right there uh, in, in that spot. And so uh, we, we, we love this idea of wholeness, uh, generosity, uh, living with our hands wide open, uh, curiosity, which is what we're going to talk about today. And then the last one is dependence or dependency, that this sense in which we recognize that, that, that we, we have need, uh, we, we need help. We actually believe the Bible that we, we need to be rescued. Um, and so we want to live our lives aware of the fact um, that that's the condition of things. Our, our mission, uh, why we exist. Now, th this is intensely important because it's, uh, it's, it's Jesus's words in, in Matthew 28 and other places about what he's called his people to do. But our language here could be said a whole bunch of different ways. And the, the phrase that we're using is, our, our mission is to help people follow Jesus. That we want to be marked by that as a church. And I would ask you to keep praying for us. You know, we're in a little bit of a transition window as a church, and we want to learn how to do this better. We, we want this to be a place to where when you come here, you can actually find help. You, you actually, you can get a partner, you can get some advice, you can get some guidance, you can grow and actually learn how to follow Jesus with your, with your whole life. Because that's what Jesus says, with all your strength, with all your, you know, your mind, with everything you got, with every inch, every, every, every ounce that he's given you. And then our strategy, how are we going to help people follow Jesus, uh, offer a pathway to explore and respond to the gospel? So a couple thoughts on, on curiosity. Uh, this is a kind of a dictionary definition of curiosity, but curiosity at its root is the strong desire to know and to learn. That as, 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 as a church family, as the people of God, that we approach this reality of the world in front of us, the relationships that we have, God himself, the book that we refer to as the Bible, and we come at that with a strong desire to know and to learn. And I don't know, maybe you've noticed this, but the Bible is not afraid of seeking. 
It's never afraid of seeking. It invites us to seek. Jesus actually says, if you'll seek, I got good news for you. There's things that you'll find. There's actually, there's actually gems that you will discover if you're willing to do the work of seeking. And why is the Bible not afraid of seeking? Because genuinely seeking the truth will lead us to the source of truth, to God himself. God is the source of truth. You know, Jesus talks this way over the course of his life, and he's often encouraging his followers to seek. He's modeling something for us as he asks questions. The, the text today that we've referred to so many times in the last year or so, John chapter 1, these are Jesus' first words in John's gospel. First time Jesus is recorded talking in John's gospel is, what are you seeking? That could be translated, what do you desire? What do you want? John introduces us to Jesus and Jesus has a very subjective entrance into John's narrative. He's looking at an individual and saying, what do you, what do you want? What, what's important to you? What are you seeking? And I think that that is such a beautiful way to, to introduce Jesus to us because it is not uncommon that Jesus asks questions. New Testament scholars say that there are 339 times in the, in the Bible, in the, in the New Testament, where Jesus is recorded asking a question. 339. Jesus is modeling something for us. He's inquisitive. He's always inviting uh, further conversation. And in our same text that we read this morning, he's the one who said, come and see. What, what are you seeking? Oh, yeah, come check it out. Let's explore that together. You know, Jesus wants his followers to be explorers. So we, today, in order to explore this subject, we're going to have a panel. Uh, a couple months ago, uh, I asked Dave Ballard, who is uh, on staff here at Sojourn, one of our directors, he's our executive director, uh, to lead a panel today. And um, part of the reason why I asked Dave is because I've, I've, I've been working with Dave for just over a year, and he is an excellent model of, of curiosity in life. Um, sometime you should sit down and talk to Dave about his educational journey and all the places and spaces that he has explored. And um, he is a wide range of knowledge. If you have a question literally about anything, Dave has probably lived there for like a decade or so, and he is, uh, he, he's got a master's degree in it. Like, you know, he, 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 really is, he really is a learner, and he demonstrates this sense of, of curiosity. And so he is a great guy to, to lead this panel. Uh, and as we discussed who to put on the panel, um, we were obviously saying well, yeah, we want people that model curiosity. And, and thankfully, in our congregation, there's, there's uh, a number of people that come to mind that, that we could choose from. And, and Dave has, has landed on three. Uh, they, I'm, I'm dear friends with all three of them. They are all marked by curiosity. I was thrilled that all three were available this weekend, that all three agreed to do it. Um, and so I'm going to let Dave uh, handle the panel and introductions and all that stuff. But why don't you guys come on up and let's give these, uh, this panel a hand. As Matt said, I'm Dave Ballard. I'm here on uh, staff here at Sojourn, and I'm so glad that you guys are up here. Thanks for saying yes. It's so good. Um, 
I just want to start by encouraging everyone here um, with my personal experience about curiosity at Sojourn. Em um, and I, we've been to different churches, we've moved around a lot, but when we landed here two years ago, it was like a breath of fresh air for us. And I have had a number of conversations with people in this, in this room after sermons like, wow, that just changed my whole entire life. And I just want to encourage you all um, that you demonstrate curiosity um, on a regular basis, and, and that means you're open um, to what God's doing in your life, you're teachable, you're available to make space for, for new, new things. So these are just three folks who have demonstrated it a lot in my life as well, um, and so I wanted to get them up here and, and ask them some questions. You guys ready? Sure. Let's do it. All right, so let's just do some introductions. Kev, let's start with you. Tell us your name for people that don't know you, how long you've been at Sojourn, and something you're curious, you're super curious about right now. Uh, yeah, so my name is Kevin Anderson. Um, uh, I know most of, you, most of you probably know my wife more than you actually know me, because, uh, yeah, she, I'm more of like the recluse in our family of like meeting people. <laughs> If I'm just being real, but I do love meeting people once I get, once you get to know me. But um, I have been coming here for uh, ten, nine years. I've been here, yeah, this is the, I moved from Washington, uh, and this is the first church I visited, and I have not left. I, I never went to go to another church. Something that I'm, this, I feel like I'm the wild card on this yeah, panel. Yeah, for sure, oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, something that I, are we going like faith-based curiosity? No, whatever right you want. Oh, just anything. Yeah. Um, Latest documentary. You I, well, I'll give I'll give you one one thing that I am legitimately curious about right now that I'm that I'm going or I'm a big Bible Project person. I listen to the Bible Project podcast, and right now they're in a series called uh, that's about dragons in the Bible. Uh, so that's what I'm curious about. Dragons in the Bible. Yep. Cool. Thank you. All right, Joe. Check. Uh, I'm Joe Haystack. Uh, my wife Jeannie and I. Who I am the recluse too. So probably all you guys know my wife. But uh, we've been attending Sojourn for at least 12 years, somewhere around that time frame. Uh, I right now uh, I'm a little nerdy about the complexity uh, in nature and in space and kind of what that says about God. It's just infinitely complex the more you look at it. And I just it blows my mind. You recently watched a documentary about this, right? What was the Netflix? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember Dave. The telescope. James Webb telescope. Yes. That is Very awesome. Cool. Good yeah. point. Yes. Good. Watch that. It's amazing. <laughs> Natalie, you're up. Uh, my name is Natalie Bailey. I've been here for about seven and a half, eight years. Um, this is the first church I ever actually attended. Uh, and haven't gone anywhere else. Don't well visited here and there, but don't want to be anywhere else. Um, as far as curiosity, I'd say maybe one of the things I've been exploring in the last year or so is um, what God has to say about like what rhythms matter the most, what Christian life, what community looks like, um, whether it's like what we've designed and what people look at as this is what it is to be a Christian versus what really grows us and molds us. So. Thanks. Excellent. Let's keep, let's keep going with you. Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, so first question I got for you, I want to know a little bit about your journey with curiosity. Okay. Uh, and let me ask you a few questions here and take whatever you want and, and, you know, throw away whatever you want. However, uh, so have you always been curious or is that something 
that happened? Is there something that happened in your life where you became curious? Is it something that you worked at? What does that journey look like for you in your life? So for me, I would say family of origin was very much a uh, debate and education was high, uh, science very high. Um, so I think I've, I'm a pretty natural skeptic. <laughs> I go to things with an assumption of doubt. Um, like even if I watch, I, I prefer to watch two different opinions in a debate than just watching information given to me because I look at them and I'm like, you know more about this than me, but I want to I want to hear what somebody else who knows a lot about this has to say to you, to, to the things they say. So I think that's always been there. Um, as my husband kind of pulled me into this world, kicking and screaming, um, I would say that what I didn't realize was how many things I wasn't doubting about myself and what I didn't have curiosity about and just assumed I knew. Um, and I, I think just uh, listening to some of what Matt was talking about a second ago, um, the idea of offering a pathway to explore and respond, I did not assume that that would be my experience coming into church. When I would come with Nate, I was there just like to protect my kids from indoctrination. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think uh, Matt and Ben and a dear friend, uh, and then as I grew and met people a lot more, came in and really gave me space to um, explore and, and broke some of the um, preconceived notions I had about who Christians were and then maybe even more so who Christ is through that. Fantastic, thanks, yeah. I'm realizing all of you kind of found, maybe found Jesus later in life, which is super neat. Joe, what does your journey of curiosity look like? Uh, so I'm an engineer, so I, I was born like this. Uh, <laughs> and probably all three of us are very skeptical people too, so that maybe that's a common theme here. But uh, no, I've always been very curious. I always want to know how things work, uh, both machines and people, and just it's I've always been kind of interested in those types of things. So it's not hard for me to be curious. The hard part is for me not to, sometimes I can ask questions in a way that can be somewhat offensive. So I have to be very cautious on how I interact with people in that way. So. Yeah. Kev? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, skepticism is high. Um, <laughs> what, what's, I think what's funny about, uh, as I've, I've learned, uh, or I'm, I'm always trying to learn more about myself, but the, uh, like the inner, inner monologue is always skeptic. Uh, but I think what a lot of people see is, a uh, like, well, I guess if I put it in terms of, I'm always suspicious and in the inner monologue, uh, but I portray myself as very trusting or, or like, uh, putting a lot of trust in what other people say. Um, and so I think that that, <laughs> that is uh, a lot. I've been called a mystery a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's probably why. But um, my curiosity, I'd say, would be um, uh, probably like 23. I'm 33. So, yeah, 22, 23. Um, we're kind of like the legalism of, um, you know, if I would ask a question, the response would typically be, uh, well, the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And which just like puts a stop to all other questions. Uh, or at least that was my experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, um, 
had, yeah, had an important person in my life that helped me, like, no, you can ask, like, ask the second, ask the follow-up question. Um, so that's where, yeah, that's where I, I, I felt a lot of freedom to do that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Joe, I want to go back to you because I think this is a super important question because it's like, um, that I'm going to ask you, sorry, because it's like curiosity requires that you have to do some things and then you have to give some things up. So I think there's a cost to being curious. And I'm interested in, in what you think maybe that cost is. What do we have to give up in order to... Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think you have to kind of give up comfort, especially with people when you're asking people about themselves or what makes them tick or what their beliefs are. I mean, you can walk into some pretty uh, difficult conversations. Um, so certainly comfort. Um, I... You know, I think it could take place as we analyze scripture a little bit, um, kind of questioning what we truly believe. Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing. So I, I would say comfort. comfort. Yeah. Natalie, thoughts? What, what's the cost? To- I would say comfort comes to yeah. mind first for me as well as I have thought through this question. Um, just coming from backgrounds that it, not a lot of people don't actually hold the same worldviews. Um, I think being willing to engage in those conversations or even within people who do share an overarching similar worldview but don't necessarily, like they hold different opinions about what interpretations mean. Um, Those conversations are hard and I'm not always great about engaging in them. Sometimes I shy away. Uh, Depends on how well I know you Mm -hmm. and how willing I'm am to let you see me, I don't know, battle. <laughs> uh, I tend to argue. I'm a debater. I said that already. Mm-hmm. Um, With like people you really know. You're like, let's go. Yeah. I mean, Nate, gets, Nate and <laughs> probably my dad get the most of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin, cost, curiosity. Yeah, the co- I think what I would add to the comfort is probably my ego. Oh. Uh, I think to... <laughs> I, yeah, the more and more I learn about myself, I'm pretty egotistical. I think that I'm right a lot. Um, yeah, so I think just giving up, like, what, mm-hmm. what I think is right, where I would, yeah, I'd say my ego. Yeah. I, I didn't plan on being, like, the teacher that had an answer in mind when I asked you a question. <laughs> they always hate that. Um, but the one thing that came to mind when I thought about the cost for me is having to slow down. Um, I'm just like, let's go. Let's find the answer. Let's, let's figure it out. Let's move. Um, but having to slow down and being like, there's actually value in, in turning that around and looking at it a little bit. Um, and so that's a, to me, that's a, that's a, that's a really, really big co- cost to curiosity. Let's talk about relationships a little bit. So curiosity in friendships and family relationships. Natalie, I want you to start us off. Um, I want you to think about you, a new person approaching a conversation with someone new. What... What is that like for you? What's your goal with that conversation? Um, do you have any techniques where you, how did you approach that person? What, what does that look like for you? Is it easy? Is it hard? Would you say someone new as in like, I've never met this person yeah, before? someone new. Uh, I'm pretty friendly. I'm, I would say hospitality is high in my gift, gifting and my like priorities. Um, so I, I tend to try to be welcoming in the first place. So asking questions, just your basics. Oh, 
where are you from? What brought you here? What are your connections here? Trying to just um, to get to know them. But I'd say like as that um, progresses, um, maybe hearing what they're not saying, mm. um, trying to really pay attention to uh, things they bring up that stand out to me. I, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, just if they mention maybe family stuff, I think a lot of our adult life experience, how we're molded, has been impacted by our, our parents. And I think a big part of everybody's journey is a bit of deconstruction and reconstruction and figuring out who you are apart from that identity um, without completely blasting it away. So I, I just think um, I notice that stuff maybe a lot, and maybe that's just because that's things I'm curious about is how do, how do we get formed uh, as individuals and how do we become more formed like Christ? Hmm. Yeah, I ask you first because you were one of the first, you and Nate were one of the first uh, couples that approached Em and I and invited us over and you were like, you're new, we, we love on you. So that, that's super sweet. Um, Kevin, question for you. How do you maintain curiosity with old friendships? Or your spouse? Or your kids? How does that, like, how does that work in your life? That, that, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, I would say this is like the hardest area of curiosity for me, I would say. That when I was looking at our little, like, prep sheet on the relationships, I think that, like, uh, Curiosity within relationships is is just a tough is is tough for me. Um, like the yeah, like like kind of what you're talking like the uh, welcoming people in like that that stops very that stops faster than it does for like other people for me. Like mm -hmm. small talk and the gift of gab and like that yeah. At some point that ceases and then it's like uh, you know. Um, <laughs> The awkward pause. Yeah. Should we? Not? So it, yeah, relationships are. It's something that you know that I, I, I guess like engaging, like my engagement into relationships, uh, is has always been. That's been a struggle for me. Where if somebody engages on engages uh, to me first, hmm. then I'm like, then I'm, I'm I'll follow you wherever you want to go, whatever you want to talk about, wherever you want. <laughs> like I'm I'm right there. Um, but yeah, that uh, yeah, I would say that it's just, that yeah, curiosity with with relationships has always been hard for me. Yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. It, well, it's good to admit that it's hard. That's one of my questions. Is it easy for you? And it isn't. Um, it takes work. Joe, either one of those questions. How do you approach someone new, or how do you keep curiosity going with someone you've known for a while? Well, first of all, it was wise to ask her about uh, approaching new conversations because that's not my strength either. <laughs> I loathe small talk. <laughs> uh, how do you remain curious with old relationships? I think the older I get, the more I realize people are constantly changing. I mean, as we, as we learn more about God and ourselves, we're evolving, and so there's always some sort of fresh spin people have in the way that they choose to live life. So I, I mean, I think there's endless uh, questions we can dive into with people, so. Mm. That's great. Let's talk a little bit about faith. Um, we are in church, let's talk about that. Uh, Kevin, let's start with you on this one. Um, tell, give me some ways 
that you stoke curiosity regularly in your faith? Do you have rhythms, um, spaces, and people that are safe to be curious? Like, what is that? What does curiosity look on a regular basis in your faith walk? Yeah, I, I, it um, it might be easier for me than than you two because I I work for a Christian organization, so I like I'm around I'm around faith talk a lot. Um, uh, yeah, and I like lead a, a small group within that a lot where I <laughs> I get to express my curiosity quite frequently. Um, but the uh, like I mentioned it earlier, like the like uh, when I discovered the Bible Project. Um, I was, it was kind of on this like path of, of, I feel like I've just always been dismantling like the Christian legalism, which kind of snuck up like, I feel like that just sneaks up on you like in a weird way. Um, and so that, I, that's kind of always my main combatant is like the legalistic uh, take on something. Um, and like they, yeah, that, that podcast has, has really helped um, like give me the freedom to like ask the questions or uh, like language, like you were talking about language and interpretations of language. And it's like, you know, you just enter into a whole new world that like I, you know, I'm 33 and I think that I know everything, but like, you know, this stuff has been discussed for like thousands of years already. Like somebody's already had the conversation uh, and I would just love to like, I would love to read that conversation about whatever I'm, you know, looking into. But yeah, yeah. If you ever wanna, if you wanna get into podcast, this is your guy. <laughs> he knows. He knows about it. Joe, same question. What what uh, faith rhythms, um, spaces? Yeah. What so does that look like for you? the first thing that popped into my mind is just our devotional time. I think that that is the primary source uh, of just diving into God's word. The Holy Spirit uses our questions in the devotional time to kind of stretch us and kind of lead us into different areas to fill out our understanding of God. I think community group as well, I think is huge. I mean, we've had, Kevin and I have had some pretty uh, deep discussions in CG and people, uh, you know, you bringing up your thought or your interpretation of a piece of scripture and somebody else saying, well, I look at it this way, and then you're both kind of left, well, I'm not sure which one's right. And then that just leads to all kinds of great things and great ways for the Holy Spirit to kind of uh, continue to grow us. So, Natalie? I would say building off both of theirs, I'm a big podcast listener. Um, a number of um, pastors, I also like will listen to a lot of books because I'm busy and do stuff, but uh, have found a lot of Christian authors that uh, often are quoted by Matt, and I'm like, oh yeah, that one. <laughs> um, or if he quotes one, I usually am like, I'm gonna look that one up, because I really like that quote. Um, and then, again, I think just doing that on my own is kind of limits me uh, and leaves me with my own opinion, which often I just reinforce and rationalize my own opinion, so I need somebody else to be speaking into these thoughts and, and ideas that I'm forming. So kind of living in community, having like community groups, we've had great discussions at times in our community groups and then um, having like a mentor or some, uh, I've met with a handful of mature mm -hmm. Christian women that, or peers even, um, mature Christian peers that I can chew on uh, mm -hmm. the information with. 
Yeah. Value of relationship is so high with curiosity. It's like someone's safe that you can be like, they're not going to judge me if I ask this question to them. Yeah. And there's no shortage of mature Christians in this church either. So, uh, yeah. Grab somebody and say, Hey, can I ask you some questions? (laughs) If you had one podcast, one, you can listen to the one podcast the rest of your life. What are you, what are you going to listen to? Bible project. Sojourn. Church. Oh, we have a podcast. That's a nice call. And Church in the City. Church in the City is good, dude. Are you Bible Project? Yeah, I got Yeah, there's, yeah. I like that one. There's a lot. Of <laughs> Pin them down. Um, okay, I have two more questions for you. Um, we're good on time. Uh, Joe, I want you to start off on this one. Uh, one of the things we say around here is more question marks, less periods. We don't say no periods. We just say less periods. And so I want to ask about that. Um, what are things you're not curious about? What's, what are some things that are off limits? Yeah. Or maybe what are some restrictions on curiosity that are helpful for us? Yeah, so I, I would say questioning God's uh, character, I think, as we, as we read scripture and, and try to interpret things, if we need to go into that trusting that God is good. The moment we take that out of the equation, it gets really slippery lead us all into all kinds of questionable things that'll just crush our faith. So I definitely, we need to approach everything that whatever's happening in my life, whatever this, this passage is saying, God is good and he means it for good. And once we trust that, it's, uh, it really broadens our faith and it makes it deeper. Natalie, periods that are helpful. Uh, I would say I have to put some boundaries on myself in general because I can spiral in my skepticism and doubt is huge for me. So I think a passage specifically that's very helpful is, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm, and I yeah. probably say that to myself, I don't know, weekly, more than, more than weekly some seasons of my life um, because I, can, I think I can spiral and because I exist in a lot of arenas that are um, have very different worldviews and are not quiet about it. So I have to um, create barriers and then sometimes separate myself from conversations and go back to people that I will help ground me and remind me, oh yeah, this this is why I actually believe all this. Yeah, that's no, that's super helpful, Kevin. Restrictions on curiosity. What's off limits? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was telling this with Dave earlier. I, I, there's not a whole lot of things that are off limits uh, for me. Um, I think that um, the, the one thing, and it, it's kind of like you have to get to a spot and then you kind of operate out of that spot. So the spot that I've gotten to is that I believe that God is real, that God is a thing, um, and that he created everything. And um, yeah, so like all those foundational truths of Christianity, um, and then within that, uh, I, I don't see a whole lot of limits. Because um, I think that when you operate from that truth, whatever question that you have is going to lead you to that truth. Um, and so, like, Joe, like you say that, uh, you know, God is good. And uh, I bet a lot of people in here, uh, myself and yourself included, like, would probably at some point have said, like, God, how is this good? Or I don't, mm-hmm. this is, you don't feel good right now. Um, and I think that, like, in, like, if you're operating, like, from the truth that God is, like, those questions are safe because they're going to lead you to God. 
you know, like yeah. as you as you operate through like the skepticism and the doubt and the like all those things that are real things that you feel, um, like there's comfort in knowing that you're going to get to a truth, mm. if that makes sense. You yeah, and I think you said something. Maybe I'm misquoting you here, but like the if you ask some if you're asking questions, it is just kind of a sign of strength in some ways of your faith because you don't feel like it. These are fragile. Um, things you believe them strongly, and you and and so we can ask questions because yeah. I believe the foundation strongly. Yeah, I think, yeah. The, getting into like the deconstruction word, that's like a you know that's a can be a hot topic, like scary Christian word. But uh, to me, like I love I love deconstructing things because like a like deconstructing an idea like gives room for like the correct construction of that of whatever you're you're trying to find. Um, and I think that, like, for, I think when I first started, like, you know, just asking, like, questions that feel very scary and, like, <laughs> you know, like, was Mary really a virgin? You know, like, yeah. something like that, where I think a lot of people would, like, uh, the freedom to ask that question in a safe way and, like, in a curious way, um, like, that gets, that takes time to get to that point without feeling shame or, like, guilt or being afraid, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think that, yeah, I, for, for me, curiosity, like, there, there should be no shame, like, you should experience no shame, Yeah, which thanks. I guess is just how life should be in general. Shame, <laughs> it would be nice, shame. it would be very nice, <laughs> zero shame life. <laughs> okay, last question, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna, you're gonna keep going here. One tool, simple tool, that we can do, those of us who, it maybe curiosity doesn't feel like a natural thing. Like it's like I, we don't go through the world asking questions or it's really hard for us to go up to someone new. You got one tool for us to kind of stoke our curiosity, work on it. Yeah, I, I do think that it, like I think that shame piece is like a, is a big piece. I think the shame, mm-hmm. the shame that you would feel for even thinking uh, like a thought that seems scary. I want to say one that's scary. Can I say one? Yeah, how scary? How scary? <laughs> like, just because this is this happened, like, uh, yeah, this this happened over the summer where I got into this discussion with our interns at camp. But like, wh- where is Judas? Judas betrayed Jesus, right? Where's he at? Uh, is he in heaven or is he in hell? Yeah. Was the was the betrayal? The betrayal needed to happen, so it's in God's plan. Yeah. And it needed to be executed. Did he live into God's plan, or was he chosen for that plan? So that, yeah, yeah the I don't know. I think Matt's going to answer Matt, that. Yeah, Matt will talk about here. that next week. Uh, I think he's going to take yeah. that one on. But that, and, and so that, <laughs> that's and, great. No, yeah. you're just, I know. I'm you're sorry. just here to ask the question. You're I not am. here to give the answer. Yeah, no I answers. should have said that. I'm asking the questions I do not here. Have the answers. Uh, but the tool is is to figure out shame. Well, I think to, to be able to ask that in a, like, uh, now obviously I don't expect everybody to get up here on a microphone and say that into a microphone, but like, yeah. uh, 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 like find somebody who is a safe person yeah. to be able to say that, where you wouldn't get the like, what? Yeah. You yeah. know, like, I, and I'd imagine as I said that, some of you are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it, and that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that I think that the tool would the tool for me would be to uh, or what's helped in my life is is trying to dismantle the shame that I feel for asking the question, and that that was that was through like another person. That's yeah, that's important. Thanks. We should go down the line, Joe. Yeah, my tool. advice is just I mean, and again, it comes 
it's second nature to me. Just question why constantly. When you're reading script, scripture, you should be questioning why in every passage so that you understand what it means to you. What do you think God is asking you? Don't stop. It'll lead you down rabbit trails that are really good for you and it will expand your knowledge and grow your heart towards God. So just question why every, every time. Thanks. If it makes you feel any better, I've had that exact same question. Isn't it fun to talk about that? And I've had question? that conversation with people about <laughs> Judas and where he is and was he a pawn and all that stuff. So, um, so I would say maybe for me, it's um, a couple things. The, the two tips I would say is one more practical of if you're talking to someone and you're curious and you disagree with them about maybe an overarching point having the posture of like, what can I find that we do agree on? Because a lot mm. of times, like we have different ideas of how to get there, but like their values are the same. So they, they care about people like, you know, we both want people to feel loved and known and um, understood, but maybe the, what I see as you, you mattering and being loved is different than mine. So if I can find a way to, to agree with you um, and be curious in those conversations. And then I'd say um, stepping outside of what um, are my go-to sources of information, uh, not the Bible, mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, outside sources, so interpretations of people that don't agree with me and being willing to um, give that space to challenge myself so that I'm not just get in an echo chamber or surrounded by people that agree with me or listening to ideas that agree with me that, that force me to question of, okay, what I've thought this forever and I've assumed that this is what's true, but is that really true? I mean, that's ultimately what brought me here today was I thought forever Christian, Christianity in general was just a joke and a bunch of crazed people that were indoctrinated and I sat here and listened and was willing to hear something different. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you all three of you. And could we just join me in giving them a round of applause for getting up here? Thank you. Great. Yeah, thank you guys. That's 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 vulnerable, but uh, super super helpful. Appreciate you uh, inviting us into your into your journey. Um, a, a few thoughts. We're we're tight on time here, but just a, a few thoughts. You know, sometimes I have often. I mean, I, I've often thought of of kind of curiosity or even a level of skepticism as kind of like white blood cells. Like your your body needs white blood cells to to figure out what's going on, to to fight off disease and to fight off uh, germs that are unhelpful. And um, and if you if you just absorb everything, if you just take everything in. Um, you actually endanger yourself. And so this sense of curiosity or not just being willing to accept it. And if you think that doesn't sound right, man, Acts chapter 17, uh, there's a group of people that are referred to as the Bereans and they get a huge thumbs up because they heard the word preached and then they went home to study to see if what they heard was true. And, uh, and so that, that's, I, I hope that that's, uh, I want that to be patterns for all of us is like, Obviously, when we gather on Sundays, this is very much of a monologue, but I hope that you are testing and poking and pushing on, on what you hear here and in, in your uh, community groups that you're, you're doing that uh, as well. And then this was hinted at a few times, but like that idea of the fact that doubt is part of the journey with Jesus, 
Um, and so that's that's completely appropriate, and, and and you shouldn't run run too too afraid away from your doubt. But you also should doubt your doubts. You know, you should you should poke at your doubts and, and make sure that it's not just some uh, cultural question that is maybe uh, you know the, the flavor the flavor of the month or the flavor the flavor of the year. Um, I, I've said this a lot of times here, and I just want to say it again. The Bible does not promise to answer every one of your questions, but it does promise to answer the most important one. And that is how in the world can, be, can you be reunited to the God who made you? How in the world could that? And the Bible actually, get, that, that's one of the periods. The Bible actually tells you it's, it's through the person and work uh, of, of Jesus. And so as we cling more tightly to that gospel, I think it gives you the, the, the freedom that, that uh, Kevin was talking about, the freedom from shame. Like, man, if Jesus has really done that, and I've really been welcomed in and, and been brought back to God, not by any work of mine, but by Jesus' work on my behalf, man, then that puts me in this incredibly secure position. And I can ask my dad about anything. And so uh, we, we want to be a curious people. That's great. Um, so as we come to the table, I, I want to invite you to consider that Jesus cares about your desires. He cares about your questions. He cares about your curiosity. John chapter 1 starts off by looking at the individual disciples, and he says, what do you seek? Well, do you know what Jesus came seeking? The Bible says that Jesus came seeking you, and he came seeking me, that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. This is the work of the gospel. This is, this is Jesus's effort uh, to rescue us back to the Father. So as we come to this table, the, the, the bread represents the body of Jesus. The cup represents the blood of Jesus. These things are, are broken and spilled out for you. Jesus did what he did in order to rescue us back to the Father. And so um, as you come to the table, man, if, you, if you're a Christian, then this table makes all the sense in the world. And if you're a Christian, come up here. Get, get the bread, get the cup, and remember again who Jesus is and what he's done on your behalf. If, if you're not a Christian, then this, this meal probably doesn't make very much sense. And, and our invitation is, instead of coming up here and receiving the elements, to maybe stay in your seat and, and receive Christ. Uh, there will be a couple prayers on the screen, and, and one of them is a prayer for seeking the truth. God, I'm here. I'm not sure I know what's true. I'm not even sure what I'm doing here, but God, I'm, I'm here. And this prayer is uh, some language to help you seek the truth. And then there's another prayer, and that prayer is, man, maybe this is true. Like, I think I'm ready to, to trust Jesus. And the second prayer is a prayer to give you some language to talk to Jesus about that. So if our service will please come, uh, let's, let's pray. God, thank you so much for creating us with minds, creating us with the ability to think and to question and to learn. Thank you for the ability to be in, communi in community and to do this with other people, that we're not, uh, we're not called to just try to figure this out on our own. Uh, we have each other. We have a couple thousand years of Christian history. We have more years of Jewish history. And, and all the efforts that have been given to try to figure out these scriptures, this revelation that you have given to us of yourself, we thank you for all of those resources. But God, we thank you for the fact that it is just so clear that the storyline of the Bible is that what was lost in the garden, that perfect relationship between man and you, can be restored through the personal work of Jesus. So God, we thank you uh, for the fact that that is uh, good news that has come to us, that we're hearing it right now, uh, and it's something that we can put our, our whole hope in. Uh, thank you for this bread and for this cup. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.